Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church, Texas. This is us, so please join me in welcoming Pastor Joel as we continue the series. I feel a very special anointing today, um, and I just gotta—I just gotta kind of flow with it. I don't know what's gonna happen right now, but what I feel is that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to some people very specifically. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to release a word in this in this session that we have today. The topic. Uh, in our series is alignment or to align. And I feel like God wants to align some things in some people's lives. And I don't want to miss this moment. I feel it so strongly. I feel it so strongly. Uh, the first the first thing I felt, and I don't know where, um, where Natalie slipped off to or where Michael, where's Michael? Michael and Natalie, are they both in the back? Both, okay. If I need to find, I need to find them because I, I feel like the Lord has something specific for them. Uh, Randy and Lori, will you stand up real quick? I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do. This is what the Lord says. That I brought you two together from such opposite locations, such opposite origins. But I moved the heavens and I placed the stars. And in the same way I brought you two together, And I have given you gifts that ignite each other. And though sometimes because iron sharpens iron, sometimes sparks can fly, you are so good together and you make each other great. The greatness that I want to release into the earth through you, you have not even imagined yet. You haven't even wrapped your mind around it yet. You're not imagining large enough yet. I've said, I've said exceedingly, abundantly above anything you could ask, think, or imagine according to the power of God that is already at work within you. It's already at work within you. It's already at work within you. So dream bigger, imagine bigger, swing for the fences, and don't even hesitate. Step out in faith and give me something to bless. Give me something to release my favor upon. Don't walk in fear at all. In fact, I rebuke fear over you in Jesus' name. And I release my peace. I release my power. I release my spirit upon you. And you will walk in a grace. Lori, you will walk in a grace. And the words that come out of your mouth will be my words. I am breathing into you. And I am releasing my spirit upon you in a new way. New wisdom. New knowledge. Things you didn't know will pop into your spirit. Wisdom and answers and solutions that you didn't have will pop into your spirit because I am breathing upon you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna need some Kleenex up here. Uh, Where did they go? Where did Michael and Natalie, are they over here? Will you come up here real quick? And uh, will Stephen and Taylor, will you come and lay hands on them? Uh, Michael, and Natalie are Oaks. These are Oaks people. Michael has been stuck in Alaska, for crying out loud, at the North Pole, for real. He lives in North Pole, or works in North Pole. He lives in McKinney, Texas, but he works in North Pole, Alaska, with Santa and the reindeer and all the elves. He's getting Christmas ready, uh, but for real, he's got a house that he needs to sell. And he's finishing the house up, and once he sells that house, then he can be reunited with his family in Texas. And I want you to agree. Will you agree with me that everything will come together? And God, this is an amazing worship leader right here, an incredible worship leader. He and Natalie have led worship together, and they're called to Oaks Church. And God wants to release his blessing, his favor upon them and bring them here. Will you be in agreement? Where one puts a, a thousand a flight, two puts ten thousand a flight. What we agree upon is touching. 
Whenever we are together, he is in the midst and whatever we ask shall come to pass. Father, in the name of Jesus, release your blessing. Jennifer, will you come please? Release your favor. Release your power upon these people. Father, they've not seen anything yet. The amount of anointing you want to release to them in this next season will blow their minds. It will literally floor them. They'll be stuck on the floor in your presence for hours and hours at a time because of what you want to pour out into this couple, what you want to release into this couple, the anointing and the sound of worship and the sound of leadership and the sound of ministry that you've called them to for a generation father to speak and to release and to sing and to make new sounds father that have not yet been heard new syllables new words new lyrics that have not yet been uttered father i thank you that you will bring all of this together in jesus name and you will release your power upon them in the name of jesus father we thank you for opening heaven on their behalf opening heaven on their behalf in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. We call it done in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Ken and Anel, would you stand up for me? Hey, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord says, I have taken you on a journey. I've walked you down a path. And I've held your hand the whole way. And I've walked with you through the highest of highs, unbelievable highs. And I've walked with you through the lowest of lows. And I've never left your side. I've never let you down. I've never failed you. I know exactly what I am doing with you and in you and through you. I am releasing generational blessing upon you in a new way generational blessing and i have a door that i am opening and no one can close it no one can close it and it feels like come on god go ahead and open that door already but it's the perfect door and it will open in perfect season and you will walk through this door that no one can close and it will be effortless for you this is what i say to you no more striving. Your work will not be toil in pain as it was in the past. Your work will be joy and you will receive an effortless harvest. That's the word for you in this season. An effortless harvest. You will work easier than you've ever worked and see a harvest like you've never seen. That's the word the Lord is releasing over you. In the name of Jesus, effortless harvest. No more pain. No more pain in labor. No more pain in childbirth. No more pain in what he wants to release and bring to life inside of you. He has reversed the curse. He has redeemed his work over you. And you will walk in all that he has in store for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Caleb and Sheila, will you stand up? It is Sheila, right? So I get, I get up here and I just start making up names sometimes. The Lord has literally brought you all around the world. You've been on every side of the globe. You've been on different continents. And at times you've wondered, God, where the heck are you leading us? And why are we on this crazy journey into all of these different backwoods areas of the world? And the Lord says, I have molded you and I have shaped you and I have formed you to be so influential and so effective. You're, you're, you are like the Swiss army knife of the kingdom. You can do anything from technology to teaching to leading to development. You can do anything. I forged a tool inside or a skill set inside of you and I am using you in this next season in a brand new way. The heart that you have for missions, the heart that you have for evangelism, evangelism, the heart that you have for raising up leaders around the world. I am now going to open that door. And this is the new season. 2020 is the new season where you will see dreams fulfilled and your ministry will explode and you will do things like you've never done them before. And it will be so sweet. Your whole family will be involved. It'll be something that you celebrate and you rejoice in. And it's a part of this house. He brought you to this house for a reason to be a part of what he wants to build 
build because as we said a couple weeks ago, Oaks Church is going global and he brought you here to help us, to teach us, to show us there's experiences that you have that no one else here has. No one else here has. No one else has worked in communist China and seen thousands of conversions illegally. No one else in here in this room has done that. You have a skill set. You have a special way of thinking and seeing the world and finding solutions. This, and this is the word for you. There is no impossible with you. There is no impossible. It does not exist in your world at all. And he's going to bring you into faith where you literally see the invisible and you walk in the impossible. And people are like, how did that even happen? You're like, look, God showed it to us and we declared it and, and, and he just opened the door and we walked in it. And God's going to expand your influence in this season in a new way. It's going to be beautiful. Amen. 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 EJ and Jennifer, will you stand up too? God loves you so much. He loves you so much. You've been on a journey too. And he's, he's walked you through wilderness times. He's walked you through lonely times. He's walked you through challenging times. And this new season for you is going to be absolutely incredible. God is about to pour out. And I really feel like this. EJ, EJ, EJ and mo- a lot of you don't know EJ yet. But EJ literally, have you seen Pinky in the Brain, that cartoon, Pinky in the Brain? And Pinky says, what are we going to do today, Brain? And Brain says, the same thing we do every day, Pinky. Try to take over the world, right? That's what that's. EJ has vision like no one I've ever seen. EJ has like, uh, like vision, like I'm talking like Warren Buffett vision, like Elon Musk vision, like Michael Dell vision, like Bill Gates. He's got vision like that massive, crazy, relentless vision. And, and but, but Jennifer, in you, you, you have been in a season where maybe you feel quiet. But God has, you two are fitly joined and he's got something inside of you. You're what makes him tick. You're what makes his his thing come alive. And the Lord is going to breathe on you in this season and what he releases in you and the prayers that you pray over your husband, the words that you release over your husband are literally going to exponentially increase his faith. And the things that he has seen and he's grasped for and he knows are in his destiny, are in his path, those things you're going to speak into life it's not just going to be him thinking up these crazy things then people are like yeah yeah sure ej uh-huh the mccoys yeah right not from this family not from this bloodline no god is going to release something inside of you that is literally going to shake the globe it's going to shake this region it's going to change the kingdom because of what he wants to release inside of you and the key is in your mouth jennifer and what you come into agreement and the two of you in agreement not that you've been out of agreement but i don't think what i feel like from the lord is that you haven't realized the power that's inside of your mouth, your prayers, your declarations, that all of this revolves around not just a husband, but a wife that is in full alignment and declaring the future that he sees in Jesus' name. And it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Kevin, is Julie next to you? Will you two stand up as well? I'm just going to keep obeying the Holy Spirit. Is that all right with you all? I, I mean, I got a message I'm supposed to preach, but, but the Lord won't let me stop right now. You guys have been, when we sat down months ago, and I, was so, I was so blessed by your, um, by, by your spirit, by both of you. Because this is what you said. You, we, you said, we've been in church. We've been on every part of church, church launches, church deaths church every we've seen every part of church and we've done everything in church and we're willing to do anything in church we're linking our arms with you with you too and we're going on this journey together and it was such an encouragement to us to have people that had so much strength and wisdom and experience and would just link arms and say man charge the charge the hill let's go let's do this and the lord has opened a door for you he's opened a door for you and it's incredible it's because of your faith It's because of your faith that you saw something when others hadn't seen it yet. And you begin to sow crazy seeds and release yourself into things when other people still hadn't seen it yet. And God has opened a door for you. The Bible says, the scripture says, ask and I will give you the nations. 
Ask and I will give you the nations. And I feel, you, you mentioned last night that, the, that an open door is that you have for a nation, for, for Ireland, and it's in business. However, the Lord is going to open a door, and I don't know how this is going to work, but my skin has come on, my, every hair of my body is standing up. There's going to be an amazing work that Oaks Church is going to partner with you to do in that new nation. It's Ireland. In the nation of Ireland, God is going to open a door, not just for the business stuff that you're doing, but he's going to open a door for the release of his kingdom, for the release of his influence, for the release of his mission. That, that's a post-Christian nation, and God wants to release life again. He wants to revive again that nation, and he's going to do it through you all and the partnership that we have with you in Jesus' name. So believe and dream and know that he's with you and know that we're with you too. And God's going to reveal in time what this is all about. But we're going to see a massive revival start on a little island called Ireland. Amen? Amen. Can you see it? I think you can see it. I believe you can see it. Has this already been in your heart? Maybe, God, what are you doing with this? Is there something you want to do for the kingdom? He's going to reveal it to us. It's going to be awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just open your heart up right now? This is what the Lord um, has taught us through these last number of years, is that when he speaks, his voice is like the sound of many waters. And, and he may pull one person up and have them stand up or pull another person and call them out and release a word to them. And you may be sitting one row away or three rows away. And inside, you're like, that's my word too. Inside, you're like, God, would you speak that one over me? And the Lord says, my voice is like many waters. And when I speak to one, I'm releasing purpose all over the room. I'm releasing destiny all over the room. And if it's your word, grab it and claim it and make it yours because there is no limit to what I can do. I'm a limitless God and I need people that have limitless faith and will literally take the lid off of their life. I am a God with no limits. I'm a God with no lids and I want to see you in the name of Jesus. I want to see you walk in the fullness of everything I have for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You receive that? Do you receive that? And this is for those of you online. We got hundreds of people that watch online. If you heard a word that was your word, receive it in your spirit. Write it down. Um, date it. I want to encourage each and every one of you to go back. And, and this, is what, this is one of the promises of Jesus. Jesus said, and number, number one, this will all be archived and streamed and you can go back and listen to it, find it on the podcast or, or whatever. But I want you to begin to practice this. When the Lord speaks something to you or speaks something over you, I don't know if you've ever uh, take, took off running and forgot to write it down. They're like, what was that again? One of the promises that Jesus made is that when the Holy Spirit would come, he would remind us of everything Jesus ever said. That's how the disciples were able years later to recount and write the gospels as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit literally did what he, what Jesus said he would do. He reminded them of all of the conversations. They literally years later wrote down and dictated the conversations that they had had with Jesus and had heard him speak because of the promise that he gave them that the Holy Spirit when he comes would be their teacher and their guide would lead them into all truth and remind them of everything that he ever said. I want, I want you to practice that and begin to go into your own little journey and say, Holy Spirit, would you remind me of what was said over me, over what was said in that service? Would you remind me of what jumps out and what speaks to my spirit? And he'll do it. Amen? He'll do it. He'll do it. We're talking about being properly aligned. Uh, this is us, is our title. In our series, we're stepping into the second core value, which is the core value of Align. We have a class that was created out of these core values. Taylor uh, wrote it with partnership with some of our other team members and teaches that class. And this is our entry point into our church, our Align class. And we walk through these four different core values that we have as a church and help you find the right place to get plugged in, be utilized, uh, find fulfillment, and have uh, and have 
have the connectivity that you want to have. A line is all about relationship. It's all about relationship. I like to use this terminology, um, the word relationship, and I like to put a dash in between relation and ship as if they were two words. And I do this just to create a picture in your mind, a word picture, and this is why. Because everything good that comes into our lives comes from somewhere. The Bible says, given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will man pour into your bosom, into your lap. So when God blesses you and God brings great things to you, he brings them through other people. He brings them through shipping lanes, and it's the shipping lane of relationship. So the greatest things, listen, the greatest things that have ever come to, me, come to me in my life have come through the relationship that I have with this young lady down here named Jennifer. She's my greatest partner, the one that I have to be in alignment with more than anyone else. And when you have a critical, what I call a strategic partner that you are in alignment with, the enemy will always come to create division. The enemy hates marriage. Marriage is a picture of Jesus and his church. And the enemy, Satan, hates Jesus and his church. So he attacks marriage to hurt the heart of God. The Bible's very clear that God hates divorce. Now, there are a lot of different, a marriage is a covenant. It's, it's an agreement. It's a partnership. And you can have partnerships in business. You can have partnerships. We have covenants. Many of us have covenants with a bank. It's called a mortgage. And I don't know if you know the Latin root of mortgage, but the word, that word mortgage in Latin, it literally means death grip. And, and you're not the one that's holding the Kung Fu grip. It's the bank. The bank has the death grip, right? Uh, it's connected to mortuary, right? We have these things. Sometimes that's what a mortgage can feel like. See, the greatest things that will come to you in life are going to come through the people God brings to you. And we have to be, as Oaks people, we have to be people that highly value and honor relationships, honor relationships. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to sit in a room or stand in a room like this with such wonderful people that I have cultivated relationships with over years. I, I could literally point out and, and call different individuals out and we could laugh at how long we've known each, each other. Some of us up to 20 years. There's actually someone that's a part of this church that I went to high school with, Wendy. And when I heard, I was the youth pastor, and there was a little 17-year-old girl on the bus and said, hey, and I was the youth pastor of this 17-year-old girl. She said, you went to high school with my mom. And I said, uh-oh, because that means her mom knew some things about me that I don't want nobody else to know about me from my B, C days, right, before Christ is what they call those. But, but we've been through a lot together, so many of us. And that's what makes it so special, that when we do life together and we build, we build these relationships together, and no matter what comes, we stick together and we, we hold fast because we value and we honor relationships, understanding that the relationships that we have are the way that God brings great things into our lives. Now, there are different um, expiration dates on certain relationships. There are certain relationships that you have that are just for a season, there are certain relationships you have that are eternal. And it's important that you know the difference. Because the greatest times of pain in my life have been when I held on to a seasonal relationship that had passed its time. And the, and the Lord had to create great division or, or pain in order to create the separation so that he could move me into a new place. And that's something I experienced uh, in high school and in college. There, there have been relationships that the Lord had to rip apart because he had something new for me to do. He had something new for me to be a part of. But at the same time, there are relationships that I have 
that I fully plan on these relationships being eternal. They're for, they're, they're for life. They're lifelong relationships. And we know what those feel like, right? Do you have a friend maybe that uh, maybe like, I've got a friend from high school and literally my best buddy from uh, my last, uh, my junior and senior year of high school and into my freshman, sophomore year of college, my best buddy. If it wasn't for this buddy, I would not have married Jennifer because I uh, didn't want to make a commitment and so Jennifer broke up with me and I went back, you know, bros, you know, to my, to my homeboy and said, yeah, we broke up, whatever. She pushed me into a corner, made me make a decision. I said, then if I got to say what we are right now, then, and you're making me answer right now, then I guess we're nothing. So there. <laughs> and I went and told him that. And, and this is a real friend. He said, are you stupid? Are you crazy? Joel, she's the one you, she, you've never had a girl like this. You've never been, I've never seen you more in love. She's the one, Joel, and if you can't see that, then you're too stupid to be my friend. I'm like, dude, do you really feel that way? He goes, yes. I'm like, okay. So I went crawling back to Jennifer. And they, I did cry. Of course I cried. I made a mistake. I got to beg her back for crying out loud. None of these people are shocked at me crying. <laughs> right? But those are real friends. My buddy Brian, Dr. Epperson is what he goes by nowadays. And Dr. Epperson, I can call Brian at any moment. And, and we hadn't talked in a year, and it'll be like we've been texting every single day. Where that, It's just that type of relationship. I know you have some, you know someone like that, that it doesn't matter how much separation, you're always in alignment. Okay? God wants to have a level of alignment with you that is next level. Nothing great happens on your own. There's no such thing as a one-man band that can do anything great. I've had the privilege to work in a lot of different businesses over the last number of years, and I've seen mom-and-pop businesses that can't break out of a mom-and-pop mode. Nothing wrong with mom-and-pop. You can have some great mom-and-pop businesses. But there's something, I mean, none of us would have the ease and the pleasure and the enjoyment of life without the incorporation or the group cooperation of people that broke the mold of mom-and-pop and moved into a new season of industry that allows us to have automobiles, cell phones, uh, have things delivered to our house, don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore because of partnerships and incorporation, we're better together. That's why the church, that's why the Bible is very clear and, and, and it was a commandment in the Bible to never forsake the joining together or the coming together of the body of believers. It's, it's, it's a dangerous place that we have, and I know we've got a number of people on any given week. We have 100 or two or three or 400 people that could be in this room, but they're elsewhere, and they're watching online. And I'm glad that you're watching online. I'm glad you're staying connected. But we also have to make sure that we're getting in the building as often as possible because it's not about us just getting our blessing for the week. It's not about that. It's not about church. It's not about what we get. Church is about worshiping him, and it's about what he wants to release through you to the people that he's called you to be around. Never forsake the gathering together of believers is because even though you may, you may be able to live your life and just only watch online, and you may be able to do that, and you may be marginally satisfied, but you'd never be as satisfied as you can be if you would link arms with people and be in the, in, in, literally in the foxhole with people on a regular basis and build those type of intimate relationships, the most satisfied people that we have, the happiest people that we have at, at Oaks Church right here, the happiest people that we have are people that are in the trenches working together, doing this thing, building this thing together. Those people are more satisfied and more fulfilled than anybody else in church because there's something that, that comes, there's something that happens when you go through struggles and, and, and trials and you serve and you work together. You battle together. It's a powerful thing. The cross is a picture of alignment. It's a picture of a vertical alignment that we have with the Father and a horizontal alignment that we have with each other. 
The Ten Commandments are pictures of alignment. The first five commandments are all about the alignment that we have with God, not sinning against God. The next five, the second five, are alignments that are horizontal. It's about how we treat people. It's equal. Jesus made 616 or 17 or however many uh, laws in the Jewish culture. He made them condensed down into one commandment, the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. And if you'll do those two things, you'll you'll fulfill all of the law of the prophets. See, it's important that we understand that we need to have this alignment with God that's real, that's tangible. Not just a religious system, not just religious habits, not just religious practices, but real relationship with the Father. And we have the same thing with our brothers in Christ, our sisters in Christ. Real relationship. I don't have much time for shallow surface relationship. Doesn't satisfy me. I don't want to have friends that can't be vulnerable with me. That won't trust me enough to let me walk through what they're battling through. Because all of us are in a battle, y'all. It's called the good fight of faith. None of us are fight free. None of us are battle free. And it's a selfish friend that won't let their homeboy battle with them. Well, I didn't want to bother you with that. Forget that, man. A brother is born for adversity. That's what the scripture says. The word that I uh, released over my buddy Ken and Anel, effortless harvest. That's something that, that I'm experiencing right now in my, in my spiritual walk. There have been times and seasons where I've had to work and work and dig and dig and dig for the messages and to figure out what to teach. And I was telling our staff this week uh, in staff meeting that this is the weirdest season. It's literally like God, I'm on this direct hard wire into the the, the mind of God. And I sit down and say, Father, what do you want to say to your kids? And he literally, he's like this and this and this and boom, 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 and 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 literally it's like, I got a whole message just like that. I'm like, what the heck? I mean, the most effortless it's it, the most easy harvest that I can remember in my relationship with God right now. <laughs> and I'm grateful. I need that. Doesn't mean I still don't put hours and hours into building and crafting and, and, and making sure that I'm sharp. But it's so fast. It's so effortless. It's a season of, of, of supernatural harvest. Remember, that is the word for this year, 5780, that we're, that we're in right now on the Jewish calendar. We're coming into 2020. It's the year, the, the, the picture is the picture of, of an open door. This is the, the symbolism, an open door, an opportunity with a sword and a mouth. And it's the picture of God's, of the opportunity for God's authority to be in your mouth and for you to have supernatural harvest in your life because of the things that you recognize in the kingdom and you declare out of your mouth and you see them come into your own life. That's what the Lord is doing in this season. It's a season of supernatural harvest. It's a season of, of divine authority in your mouth. And the scriptures are very clear that of the abundance of the fruit of your lips, your belly shall be full. And if you don't like what's getting cooked, you need to watch what's coming out of here. Because you fill your own belly with your own words. And it's either sweet fruit or it's rotten fruit. It's either life-giving or it's poisonous. You ever lost a friend because of this? I have. It's important that we recognize it's not just about what we say, it's about how we say it. And we've got to learn how to speak the truth in love. We tell the truth, but we do it in love. No one will tell you the truth like your spouse. But a lot of times it doesn't feel like love. And we as spouses, this goes both ways, y'all. There are times that, that, I mean, I can mess up a great evening because I say something wrong. I know none of the other husbands have ever experienced that, especially not Randy. 
We can say things the wrong way. I'm a, I'm a strong proponent of the belief that you could say almost anything to almost anyone if you say it the right way. And we've got to be the people that learn and hear from the Holy Spirit of how do we say this to get the result that God wants to get. Because sometimes we as humans in our own frustration just want to blow something up. Watch it burn. You've never poked the bear, have you? Oh my gosh, me neither. My question for you today is simply this, how real is your relationship with God? How real is your relationship with God? And the second question is, how real is your relationship with the people of God in your life? How real are you? Do you put on a religious mask when you interact with God? When you pray, is it memorized prayers? Nothing wrong with memorized prayers. They serve a purpose. They're, they're, they're a blueprint, but they're not supposed to replace conversation. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Hail Marys. Nothing wrong with different ways that we may feel like we want to pray or connect. But if you stop at memorized prayer, if you stop at our fathers, and Jesus wasn't saying when he said, they said, teach us how to pray, and he told them, say this, say, our Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, right? He, he, didn't, he wasn't saying this is the only way to pray. He was saying, here's a format for how do you come to the Father and how you prioritize the things that are on your heart to pray. It's a blueprint. It's not something we're supposed to say every single time the exact same way. Because then relationship isn't real. Tell me one relationship you have in your life and if, that you say the exact same things all the time and that's all you ever say. And, and I'll tell you, that's a very shallow relationship. How's your day? Good. What'd you do today? Nothing. See the game? Dude. Dude. Guys can have a full conversation with one word. Dude. Dude. How real is your relationship? You know, there was this guy named Jacob in the Bible. He's a common theme in this Oaks Church story, and so is Moses, who we'll get to in just a moment. But the, the Bible, Jacob's name meant that he was, he was shifty. The name Jacob means surplanter or deceiver. And he had a nature. He was a shrewd businessman. He was a shrewd businessman. He knew how to negotiate a deal, and he did it multiple times in his life. And he had a, he had a relationship with God that was very real. It was very conversational, and everything was a negotiation. And, and there was a night that he wrestled with God all night long. And he, and he wrestled God that, that, I don't know, we don't know, we don't know if it was an angel. We don't know, a lot of scholars believe that Jesus came down and manifest to him. And he literally, because the scripture says that he wrestled with God. It doesn't say he wrestled with an angel. So the belief is that Jesus, before he was born into the earth, came down to deal with, Israel, with, with Jacob and to create this relationship. And Jacob wrestled him so well that God had to cheat. And he touched his hip and put his hip out of socket. And Jacob still wouldn't let go. And in the story, God says, let go of me for the day is breaking. All night long, Jacob says, I'll never let go until you bless me. And then Jacob says, what's your name? And God wouldn't answer the name because it wasn't time for the name of Jesus to be released. It wasn't time for Yeshua to be released into the earth yet. So he wouldn't tell him his name. But he says, God said to Jacob, you have been called Jacob, but now you will be called Israel. Israel, one of the definitions is prince of God. Another definition, and probably the more accurate, is one who struggles with God and prevails. How real is your relationship with God? Can I tell you that some of the things I've been through in my life, cute prayers won't cut it. 
If you read my journal and you saw the conversations that I've had with God when I was in my lowest, most tumultuous times, when I was dealing with the most horrific pains in my life, my prayers don't seem very reverent at times. They don't, they don't seem like our fathers. They're, they're, sometimes they're more like WTF, God. And somebody might get offended that I just said that. And my question to you is, how real is your relationship with God? Because if you think God gets offended over something so petty, you, you think you could, say, you could say that to a friend in a moment of frustration and your friend can be understanding for you, but God can't? If you can talk more real to a human than you can to God, you're doing it wrong. You've missed the whole point. If relationship with human beings is what's real and this is some kind of a practice, you're doing it completely wrong. You've missed the whole point. Jesus didn't die so you could have religion. Jesus died so you could have relationship, so that you could be reunited to the creator of the universe. time for us to move away from empty religion and move into a real relationship with God. So we pick up in this story with Moses. I got like five minutes to make this happen. <laughs> Moses has just had the burning bush experience. Moses has had a conversation with God. God has revealed a new name that he wants to be called to the nation of Israel, a name that he's never been called. He's been called in the past the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but now he wants to be called Jehovah. He wants to be called the great I am. He wants to be called existence, the existing one, and he wants Moses to go and reveal him to the people of Israel in a brand new way, a brand new relationship as the one who is everything they need. The I am that I am. Anything and everything you need, I am. It already is. I am existence. You exist inside of me. But Moses began to ask questions. What if they won't accept me? What if they won't listen to me? This is, these are, this is real relationship, guys. You, you ever had something you felt like you were supposed to do that scared you? I have. What if I fall on my face? What if this flops? What if this doesn't work? What if I ruin everything? What if I destroy my family? Moses says to him, this is Exodus 4, verse 1. What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what's in your hand? A staff, he replied. And the Lord goes through a thing and says, throw the staff down the ground. It turns into a snake. Pick it back up. It turns back into a staff. Show, uh, to a staff. Show them that sign. Verse 6. Then the Lord says, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak. And when he took it out, the skin was leprous. And it becomes white as snow. God says, put it back into your cloak. Pull it back out. Now it's whole again. Show them this sign. Verse 9, but if they don't believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile, pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, but I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. I'm not a good speaker. I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to get up on a stage. I don't want to have to speak for you. Anybody ever felt like they weren't good enough to talk for God? I know I have. God said, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. Does this not sound like a real relationship? 
I, I don't, I don't want to do this. We're doing this. <laughs> this is happening. Get with it. Sounds like a marriage, doesn't it? The Lord's anger burned against him. And God says, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. Watch. He's already on his way to meet you. God's getting ticked and he already sent him. He's already on his way to meet you. He'll be glad to see you. You shall speak to him. Put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if, if he were your mouth and is as if you were God to him. This is the type of elevation that God wanted for his people. I want you to see in this passage that your alignment with God will, will reveal your gifts. It will reveal what you have in your hand is what I'm saying. The things that God has given you to work with. Alignment with him, real relationship with him will show you what he gave you to work with in the earth. What's in your hand? Well, I don't know what God has called me to do. What are you good at? What talent do you have? What, what, what makes your heart burn in a good way with passion? What's in your hand? What can you do? Well, I can't this. I don't care about that part. What can you do? What's in your hand? Alignment with him will open your eyes. It'll show you more solutions. Help connect your future plans. See, the reason that even though God was mad, he'd already sent these people on the way. And this, and Aaron was just one of them. You'll see a couple other people that make up what I would call the, the team or the success team of Moses' strategic partners. And even though it says that God's anger burned against Moses just because Moses, uh, he needed backup, he wouldn't take God at his word and just go with it. But at the same time, God already knew because he created mankind, it's not good for man to be alone. I need to give him a partner that can help him. God already knew that. Jesus didn't send his disciples out one by one. He sent them out two by two. Because one can put a thousand to flight, two can put two, ten thousand to flight. We understand what Scripture says. We're stronger together. It's a it's a multiplier. When we're connected together and when we're in alignment, it's not addition; it's multiplication. What we can accomplish. You understand? It's a mass multiplier of what we can accomplish together. I want to call you today, and this is what the Lord. This is one of the things He spoke to me so clearly in my journal: to forsake fake friendships. Fake relationships, fake friendships, we don't have time for those. We've got to build the right relationships that are the strategic partners that we can align our life with that will take us where we need to go. I want you to look at this one last passage. In Exodus 4, verse 18, the very first thing, watch this, the very first thing that Moses did when he obeyed God. Watch this. Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, watch, let me return to my own people. He's asking permission from his father-in-law. He's already heard from God, but he's asking permission from his covering, from the one who housed him for 40 years in the wilderness, from the one who gave them his spouse, He asked permission. Why? Because authority comes from God. And when you have people in your life that are authority figures, God has placed them there. That, that's why I don't, I don't ever say things, I, I try not to ever say things political, but that's why it's so stupid for Christians to be mad at who's president? Because he's only president because God wanted him to be for a specific season. Is it four years? Don't know. Eight years? Don't know. But he would not be there if it wasn't for God. So for Christians to rail, for Christians to protest, for Christians to whatever, against authority that God put in place, you're only railing against God himself.
we should be praying for instead of railing against. I'm not making a statement that I'm in agreement with the man. But I'm in agreement with the father who put the man in position. So I need to pray for the man. Because the Bible says that God turns the hearts of kings. Most went back to Jethro and asked permission. Let me return to my family, my people in Egypt, see if any of them are still alive. Jethro says, go and I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt for all those who want to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons, put them on a donkey, started back to Egypt. And he took the staff that God had from in his hand. So we need to understand the value of a covering. We need to understand the value of people that are in our lives that are pastoral people. They're pastors in our lives, not just vocational people, but people that God has put in your life that have a position of shepherd, of protector, of overseer, of guardian. We have to recognize authority people in our lives and value them. I've got a number of friends that are in the church, and I've got friends that aren't in the church, but they see me, for whatever reason, as, as, as someone that hears God and will either help confirm what they feel like they're hearing or have some words that, that steer or guide. And it's been a beautiful thing for me to see certain people that come to me and say, hey, I really feel like I'm supposed to do this. Would you pray with me about that? Would you tell me your feelings? Would you give me your insight? Obviously, as a friend and as a pastor, that makes me feel good, but I can't be everything for everyone. You need lots of people in your life that are in positions of shepherd. You understand that? Because I can't be everything to every single person, and this church isn't always gonna be five or 600 people. This church is gonna be thousands of people, and we need to raise up hundreds of shepherds in order to oversee and take care of thousands of people. Does that make sense? But we all have to recognize the value of covering. It's a valuable thing. Well, what if Jethro had said, no, I'm not in agreement, don't go? Then, then Moses would have gotten back to God and prayed, and God would have adjusted instructions or turned the heart of Jethro or dealt with Jethro and corrected Jethro. Because sometimes people that are in authority, they miss it. You know why? They're human. They're human. If you're expecting me to get it right all the time, Prepare to be disappointed. But watch what happens next. Not only did he need a covering, he needed someone to really have his back for real in an intimate way. Verse 24, and at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. He's, he's going on mission for God. He's going to set the people free. He's going to go toe-to-toe with Pharaoh. And on the way, while he's obeying on a grander scale, or pardon me, let me say it this way. While he's obeying on a simple rule, on a simple set, he's neglected something on a grander scale. And he hasn't circumcised his son yet. So he comes to kill Moses for breaking covenant, even though Moses is in the act of obedience on a different level. And watch, but Zipporah, his wife, took a flint knife, sounds painful, cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it, says, surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. (laughs) That's a loving word from your wife. (laughs) But his disobedience almost cost her, her her son, her firstborn son. And listen, you need someone in the trenches with you. You need someone that's got your back. You need someone that'll look you square in the eyes and tell you when you're wrong. But that'll still pull out the flint knife and do some cutting. You need real friends. You need real partners. If you don't have that, you need to pray for that. That needs to be your number one prayer, that you're in alignment with the Father and that he brings you these strategic covenant partners that you can be ride or die with for the kingdom. And can I say something else while I'm on that? If your closest inner circle are not kingdom people, you're in trouble. The Bible says never to forsake the work of the evangelist, but Jesus' inner circle was really tight. And they were the people he could take into a room where dead bodies were about to be raised alive. 
and he couldn't go into that room with people. There were times when Jesus went into a room and kicked out everyone in that room because they didn't have the belief system to go where he needed to go. And if you're living your life and your innermost circle is people that you are in conflict with on your most important belief system, you're what's called unequally yoked. You're mispaired. You're out of alignment. The picture of yoking in scripture, scriptural time was like a vehicle that had uh, one small wheel and one big wheel. To be unequally yoked was to have a big, strong uh, ox on one side and a little bitty puny one on the other side. And you've got a yoke pulling two beasts of burden but one of them is too big and too powerful for the other. And so it pulls in circles and it breaks the wheels. Just like if your car stays out of alignment too long, you get distracted, let go of the wheel. It can pull you into a ditch. It can pull you into another car. It can ruin your vehicle altogether. Yes, love the world. Yes, love sinners. Yes, be friends with them. But you better guard your inner circle because bad company corrupts good morals. Scripture says many advisors makes victory sure. If you want to have sure victory, you better have the right people on your inner circle. You better have the right strategic partners, the right success team. Massively important for your future. The last thing that Moses had to have was his brother Aaron. Aaron wasn't necessarily the one that would go to battle for him like Zipporah, his wife. But, but Aaron would have his back. And what Aaron was is Aaron was an insider. Aaron was an internal champion. The internal champion was the one that had the relationships that Moses needed. Aaron was the one that could get Moses before the elders of Israel and did. Aaron was the one that already had favor of relationship that could open the door for Moses to, innerly, to, to easily enter in, and he did. You need strategic partnerships. Now, this is where it gets, this is where it gets tricky because it's important for you to see that there are people possibly in this room right now that you can't get where God wants you to get without connection and relationship with them. However, if you're only a taker and you're about relationships that get you somewhere, but you're not about relationships where you're giving out, then you've missed the point. Because relationship is always two-way. It's always two-way. Partnerships, true partnerships, true alignment is always both ways. The best relationships that I have in my life are people that I said, you know what? I wonder if I could be valuable to that person. And the reason I wanted to be valuable to them was because I felt like maybe they could be valuable and I could learn something from them. And I've developed unbelievable partnerships with people. People that are, that are powerful people in business or finance or great with relationship or great with marriage. I, I am very strategic about making myself valuable to people that I feel like I can have a mutually beneficial relationship. Anybody ever had a friend that was a bloodsucker? And sucked the life out of you? Every time you talk to him, you want to kill yourself? Not literally. The phone rings and you look and you're like, oh, I cannot do this. Bloodsuckers. Those are the relationships that we can't do. Doesn't mean you cut them off altogether, but you better create some boundaries or you won't have any time to have the life-giving relationships that God wants you to have. Because relationships are earned. If you inherit a relationship, it'll be short term. If someone's friends with you because of who your daddy is or because of what they can get from you, short term. You gotta invest in relationship. Your friendships will forecast your future. Scripture says if you walk with the wise, you'll be wise. Let me tell you something else. If you walk with the fit, you'll get fit. You walk with rich, you'll get richer. Why are you being so shallow about this, Joel? Because it works for everything. You walk with the spiritual, you'll get more spiritual. 
you, you walk with people that have strong marriages, your marriage will get stronger. That's why, that's why some of our marriage class is so awesome, becoming one. Your marriage will get stronger. You ever seen anybody go through a divorce? And then they become the, the, the hate marriage uh, committee cheerleader? And they, they bring all their little friends over and try to, you know, misery loves company. Next thing you know, other people in the little group are getting divorced because there's a seed. Better be careful. There's a season in my life where one of my best buddies was going through and it looked like he was going to get a divorce and he was forsaking his vows and it was not pretty. And my wife's like, well, you ain't hanging out with him. Go have your girl hater parties. Mm-mm. I'm like, you're right, girl. I'm hanging out with you. Is it that time? It's supposed to wrap up. Got another service starting. Let me give you one last point. Be the friend that you want to have. Be the friend that you want to have. You want to have faithful to the finished friends, you be that friend. Well, what if they reject me? You be it anyway. You keep sowing those seeds. Scripture says, if you want many friends, show yourself friendly. Well, I keep getting rejected. All right, well, learn from it. Learn from it. Ask, ask some hard questions and learn from it. But be the friend you want to have. Most important thing you could do, I mentioned earlier, if you want to have some incredibly valuable relationships, is find a place to serve, find a place to volunteer, find a place to, to get really plugged in in the church and serve with people that have a similar heart and a similar passion that you have. You'll make some of the greatest friends you could ever imagine. Like-minded people pulling the same direction, going the same way. Be the friend that you want to have. You could go to our Connect desk. You could go through our Align class. Get plugged in. Many of you already have. That's awesome. But if you haven't done that yet, that's the next step for you. Get plugged in. Link arms with us. Don't just come and attend. That's wonderful. We're glad you do. But find a place where you can really partner and make the friendships that God wants you to have so that you can be a blessing to them as well. Because it's not all about us individually. It's not all all about what we can get. It's about what we can give. Amen? And when we live to give, we'll live the richest life, life that there is. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.